we're we're really excited uh, about our special guest for today, uh, Timbers legend, member of the Great Wall of Gambia, Seattle Destroyer, uh, racing uh, NASL, USL, and the MLS with his skills, uh, Footy Danso. Um, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to uh, to to join our podcast. Thank you, thank you guys for having me. I'm glad to join this podcast. Did you lose a bet or something? Is that why you're here? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. It's a good bet to lose, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, like, first, let's let's start off with the uh, the reason you're here is that like, you recently had a tweet about the famous Green Machine match in Portland, uh, and you've been trying to raise money for children in the Gambia. Can you tell us a little bit about your charity work? So what happened is like um, normally around this time of the year, it's like a month out of the year that the Muslims would observe a month of Ramadan and most people would be fasting. And um, so what I would do is I would try to help out as much as I could back home in Gambia. And um, this year, it unfortunately, it falls into the time of this coronavirus, which becomes like a double the problem. So the money that I sent, the I've previously and my friends that delivers the money or they will buy stuff and send it uh, give it to the families that they feel like they need it and um he sent me a video back saying that you know the people that he gave it to and um what they were saying and their neighbors and then uh, he was you know we he kind of had a mini interview with um one of the ladies asking him asking her what she does for living and all that stuff so the lady told her what she does Pretty much was um, she would work in a factory, just scrap off like um, the little um, nuts that comes out of the machine, so they could make a living out of that. So he decided to go there and to check it out for himself. And then once he got there, what he found out was just you know heartbreaking. So he sent me the video of that place. Then I'm like, you know what? I don't know how can help all these people, but I'm kind of like the shy guy to posted online saying people if you can help but a friend of mine was like just go ahead I mean you won't do any harm it's you're trying to help people then you know but I kind of had like two days of contemplating should I do it should I not do it then you know it just came up to me I was like you know what I'm just gonna go ahead and do it and there it is I posted online saying that I'm trying to help some families in Gambia and people start donating I was like okay that's it so that's how it actually all started, but it's not an ongoing thing. It's just a one-time thing because um, I don't know if I can keep doing stuff like this, though. Yeah, is that the, did I see correctly that you were able to feed over two hundred families? Yeah, I did. Um, the, so far, the money that we raised because I don't want to just keep waiting and waiting and waiting until everybody donates. So once we have certain amount of money, I'll just send it out. And then um, what we will do is that because Gambia, it's very stable. Everybody eat rice. Like rice is like the daily meal. It's like if you don't eat rice or bread, then there's something wrong with you. So I figured when we, you know, we asked most of the ladies that work at the factory, what would they want? Like what is something that they definitely struggle to afford at the moment? And I would say 99% of them said, you know, rice is and rice, onion, and um, cooking oil is like the most uh, most expensive part uh, part of the daily meal. So we decided that it's best we just get them rice. I mean, I guess the other thing about it is, you know, you can store rice for the longest of time, same as cooking oil and um, onion for a little bit. But the other vegetables and stuff, they can get it back home in Gambia. So 
we went out and uh, bought about 200 bags of rice, onion, a bag of uh, 200 bag of onion, and um, 10 liter gallons, 210 liter gallons of uh, cooking oil. Well, I mean, the rice bags are like not the American five pound bag. These are like 50 kilo bags. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it should take them um, close. I mean, I would say at least two months on um, on average in every family. So we give it to over 200 people, and um, you know, we seeing if we can get more. We'll what like I, I would tell them. I mean, it's not a promise. If I have it, I will let you guys know and then we will deliver it to you guys but um now i get people different people sending me message on facebook which i don't i barely use requesting if i can if i can help them out and i that was one of the reasons why i didn't want to get it out in public because i knew something like this would happen and i wouldn't be able to help everyone <laughs> yeah that's tough plus yeah. you get yahoos like us trying to get you to be on their podcast <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Um, so you said you were shy, but I, I would trying to we were trying to research you um, for this podcast, and I noticed that you had a, you had done a bunch of charity work in the past before, and then one of the things I saw was you were teaching uh, on the English baby. Uh, you had an appearance there, and you mentioned that you spoke. I think at least you've mentioned at least four languages that you spoke, um, and you went to a, a French school. Um, yes. Before you learned English. Um, and you didn't learn English until you were in your teens. So how many languages do you speak? Um, the, I would say the official one, I now I'm losing my French. I mean, when I moved to Montreal, I picked it back up again. But um, French was one that I was very good at. And English becomes like, I, would, I struggled with English, like you said, until I was in my teens. And um, that's when I started picking up English. But then you have like native languages uh, in Gambia that I you know, I have like four of them that I can pretty much have a conversation with um, people. And then you add French. I can still honestly, like if I can have a conversation, but it will take a day to put up a sentence. So, <laughs> but I would understand like everything, most of the things that people will tell me when we have a conversation with them. The French in Montreal is a little bit different than the French that you learn probably? Yes, it's a little bit different. I um, When I was in Montreal, that's one thing I keep, they would tell me stuff. I'm like, mm, I don't think I've ever had that word before. Then they would say it a little bit slower. I was like, oh, okay, you could have just put it that way. Then I would, I won't sit here and scratch my brain again. <laughs> um, so you're, you're in North Carolina now, is that correct? Yes, I'm in North Carolina, bunkered up here while this whole pandemic thing is going on. So, um, and you went to college there. How did you end up uh, going to college in the United States? And was it a big culture shock? It it was definitely it was a big culture shock, like leaving Gambia. I think that was the second time I left Gambia in um, over 20 years. I've never left Gambia. I left once just to go to Senegal to play. It was like just right across the border. We had this like... Um, it's like an unofficial under-17 tournament that they would put up together. So I was lucky to be part of the kids that were selected to go. That was the only time I traveled, and that was such a struggle to travel because my dad wouldn't let me travel anywhere because he just don't get the fact that soccer was getting soccer was getting big. But that time, soccer was like pretty much just a you know voluntary sport at the time. So he just think that you know soccer wasn't making enough money. He struggled to let me go into that um that trip and then um coming to america that was a little bit 
easier because what I did, I was I didn't tell him I was, you know, my main when they recruit me, they were like I was gonna go play soccer soccer for the school. So I wasn't looking at the education side of it. I mean, the only reason, the only thing they asked me at the time was, um, did you graduate from high school? I was like, yep, I did graduate. I mean, actually, I didn't graduate at the time. I was, I actually took my exam at the time, but I'm still waiting on results to come out. <laughs> but I did just take the chance, like, yep, I did graduate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, you know, the guy said, um, would you want to go to America? I was like, yeah, what, you know, for what? Like, I was just determined. At the time, I was like pretty much set up in a garment um, under 17, under 20, and under 23 set up. I knew I was like, you know, one of those kids that I feel like everybody thinks that I would have to make it to pro at some point. Or I was among the kids that I feel like um, I could, everybody just think that I could make it. So I, my main goal was to go to England and play there. That was the thing. So when America comes up, I had to ask few questions about what am I going to do there? Am I going to be able to play soccer? So the guy was like, yeah, actually, that's one of the reasons why we are recruiting. I was like, okay, then I mean, he was like, um, do you have your results? I was like, um, that's a little bit of a problem. That won't come for another about two weeks. I don't know if that's a big problem. Then he asked me, how do you think you did? I was like, oh, I know for sure I'm going to pass it. So he was like, okay, then we can start the process of applying for a college. So he was on holiday in Gambia when that happened. So when he went back, he sent me um, the application form. I mean, it took forever to get there because Gambia is not like America where you send stuff, you get it the next week. It takes so many hours to get there. So, so, so was I, he there scouting for the, for the team? Or he was there. The assistant coach at the time was Gambian, uh, the school that I went to, NC Wesleyan. He was assistant coach was Gambian, so he recommended um, the coach to go to Gambia to recruit kids. He, but he specifically told him it would be uh, a struggle to get kids that can afford to pay because it was a private school that can afford to pay that private college. So if they can give you, if they can give the kids certain amount of um, grant, so the kids should be able to. If you have lucky ones, you will be have you'll have people that could be able to afford the balance so that i mean he used that as a recruit trip and a slash holiday trip at the same time so that's how um that's how i end up coming to nc wesley and i mean my i20 came after when i applied everything i think they realized that it's easier to just do this via email than sending it paperwork paperwork but it took forever and then he was just <laughs> eager to he was eager to get me here so much that he decided that you know what I mean, you have to go to an internet cafe every day to check your mail. If you have a mail, that's it. If you don't have a but he will call me and tell me, we send you a mail. So I'll go to the cafe to try and get, um, to try and get the email and respond to it. He would call you to tell you that you got an email? <laughs> yeah. It... <laughs> so I'll sit there and wait for the call. I mean, it's like house line calls. I mean, there was no cell phone. I mean, cell phone wasn't big in Gambia at the time. So I'll wait for the house line. Like every time a phone rings, it doesn't matter what time I'm like, is it for me? They were like, no, nope, you're not the only one that gets calls here. I was like, okay, I'm just reading. <laughs> but um, yeah, so, you know, things went through. I mean, I went uh, for my interview and um, I was in front of the counselor and he asked me, what are you going to go do in America? I was like, to play football. He gave me this look that I'm like, why is he giving me this look? He doesn't know that American football is what football is here. You know, soccer is what oh, it's yeah. So he gave me this look, he was like, kind of like, 
you know, kind of like sized me up. He was like, what position do you play? I was like, oh, defense. I mean, I can see in his eyes, like, oh, that's it. I'm not going to get the visa. The way this guy's looking at me, it seems like something's wrong with me. He was like, oh, okay. Then, you know, he asked me a couple of questions. I answered. He was like, okay, tomorrow you can come get your visa. I was like, that's it. He was like, yeah. I was like, okay, that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, at first he was like, uh, it was something I would say, it didn't set into me like, I mean, it was a big deal if you could get a visa to travel from Gambia to America or any part of the Western world. But um, I had a game that night, so I try not to let that, you know, kind of like consume my, or take over the fact that I had a game. I tried to focus on the game that day. Until after the game, I told everybody in my team that, hey, I'm going to travel to America. And everybody was just kind of like, oh, yeah, you you know, you're like the kid that will just make up stories just to make people. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody actually did believe <laughs> until the following day when I went and picked it up. I went to practice. I showed them. I was like, ah, I told you guys yesterday nobody paid attention. Then everybody just gets super excited, you know, kind of like happy for me you know i mean at the same time i was kind of feeling sad that i'm leaving all my friends that i grew up with back home i mean but it was you know kind of like those moments that i had to it's something that i've been wanting forever and you know the chances fall into my into my track so i had to do it yeah you can't turn that down at all and we're glad you did (laughs) i wasn't planning on it (laughs) well i have a quick little question for you um how'd you get your nickname Footy, ah, oh God, this is the question that I get almost every day. But <laughs> yeah. So, um, the guy that they named me after, it's like my dad's best friend at the time, passed away four days before I was born. So I guess my dad decided that it was just right to name me after his best friend. I don't know if it was already planned or not, but um, based on what I know, it's Right when I the four days before I was born, that's when his best friend passed away, and then when they found out that um, you know when they found out you know my mom got a boy, so I guess the obvious pick was Fudi, but um, not actually they call him Fudi, but mine they spell differently. He was F U T I. I put F U T T Y because the French people spell it F U T T Y, and then okay. um. That's because I went to a French school in the beginning, so they spell it that way. Then people keep saying, if they name you after this, why don't you guys have the same name of spelling? I was like, well, I can't do much if I went to a French school, and that's how they spell it at the time. So that's how, that's his nickname. I get it from him as well. But um, I, what I understand, that nickname, it's um, it's not very common, but um, from the people that they name Fudi or had that title, it's more of a, like a title of like islamic scholars when you had like certain degree in um islamic study they would name it's kind of like a title that they would give you most of the yeah it's like footy you what most people just cut the tu out of it and just say footy so i guess he was well educated not me i mean i just steal that nickname and act like i'm (laughs) (laughs) yeah well we like it yeah this, this next question comes from my son, and I'm going to let him ask it, but it, it, I have to switch the headphones over to him. Um, okay. You ready for this? I, I'm sure. Uh, hello, my name is Simon, and I was just wondering how you were allowed to get your nickname on the back of your jersey instead of your real name. Yeah, um, 
in my USL days, it was the first season was Denso. The other day I was going through my jerseys and I actually saw that that my first uh, season it was Denso that was on it. But then uh, the second season, I guess Gavin, the GM now, would he was the head coach at the time. They would feel the might form as footy because I mean I'm wide known as footy even through college, even though I have my legal name as Mamadou. But they, since they on my forms, they keep feeling footy, footy, footy on it. Then I was like, why don't you just see if the MLS, uh, no, the USL would let me put footy on it. So he made a call and then they were like, as far as it's, um, it's okay with the team, that's fine. So, I mean, I decided to go with footy instead of dance. So that's how I ended up starting using footy on the back of my jersey. But I know when, I, uh, when we went to MLS, it becomes a little bit of a... Um, they wouldn't let it happen. I guess there was a previous player that had it. I don't know who it was. MLS was trying to make sure everybody had like a legal name that's on your ID card, on your either your first name or your last name, but it can be nicknamed. But then, you know, Gavin and them, I don't know how they, you know, talk to MLS about it to let me use Foodie as well. So since then, I've been using Foodie there, um, from there. But that did get me in trouble a little bit. Because um, when I came to North Carolina, my driver's license in Portland was about to expire. So I decided I couldn't travel to Portland at the time because of this pandemic. So I just want to renew it. Some of my paperwork, believe it or not, from Portland, it's half foodie on it. (laughs) (laughs) So then I came here, I went in, you know, gave him all the necessary documents that he needed. He was like, oh, wait, your car title done match your legal name. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, your car title have Momodo Footy Dance on it and this one's have Momodo M Dance. I was like, oh, it's the same. He was like, well, <laughs> I, need a, I need a proof. I was like, what kind of proof do you need? He was like, I need a legal document. He had going through my wallet. I was like, here's my bank card. This one says Footy Dance. My credit card says Momodo Dance. My passport says Footy Dance. Hey, Momodo Dance. And I have my um, car title says Footy Dance. So I'm like, I mean, these all have ID uh, pictures on it, and it's the same guy. He's like, I know it's this, it's you, but I just need a legal paperwork. That I was like, <laughs> so I was like, how am I gonna do this? And then he, she was just going about like, you should call Portland and have them send us, you know, kind of like the proper way. I was like, okay, I'll do that. Then I call Portland on the system. It keeps saying Momo to so but if the guy pulled it up to send it for some reason they keep printing footy dental on it i'm like oh god how am i gonna do (laughs) so it was like a day process and um i mean i did think about actually having my legal name become just footy on all my paperwork but that also it's a process that i had to go through so hopefully in the near future i might and i'm not sure but might just switch it to footy just to make it easy for everyone. So um, the reason I had my son a- ask you that question is because when he first started watching soccer um, with us in mm-hmm. like 2013, he was like seven years old and um, you made an impression on him and you were his favorite player at the time. And he Aww. would, um, this is totally embarrassing. And by the way, he's kind of, <laughs> he, uh, he would sit there doing his homework and you could catch her muttering under his breath. He'd be footy, 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 <laughs> muttering <laughs> under his breath. And um, I'll have to meet him when I come to so Portland. Do you come back to Portland regularly? I'm planning on it. I'm planning on it. Yeah. And when you got traded, um, 
I was like, oh boy, oh no, this is, I didn't, I, you know, because I follow up on Timber's news and um, I didn't want to have mm-hmm. to tell him that. And uh, I, he was, I was actually, I think he was doing homework again and I, he was at the kitchen table and I, I sat down next to him and I was like, hey, uh, buddy, I got some, I got some tough news that I have to tell you. And I, I let him know that you had gotten traded and he totally started crying. Oh, <laughs> it's like the best story of like true love for the game and oh, yeah. true love yeah. for, the, for the team and the passion. And uh, I, I think that's adorable. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a tough one. I mean, um, it took a little bit of toll on me as well. I mean, I understand how it was like knowing that it was the only team thinking that it was the only team I was going to play for, for the rest of my career. And then um, when it happened, it was just like, kind of like out of the blue, boom, right on your face, first thing in the morning, I'm like, okay, wow, where's this coming from? Like, at first I was like, okay, is this, you know, one of these pranks that they're playing? But, um, I mean, it's uh, part of the game. You have to respect that and you have to accept it. And, um, you know, you got to do what you got to do and, you know, move on with it. But that didn't disconnect me from loving and still enjoying being part of the Portland it seems like you still have a good relationship with the the team yes i do i do have still have a good relationship with the um, the front office of the team still i mean i do here and there talk to you know some of the guys in the top and uh, you know try to keep a healthy relationship with them i mean knowing that you know just because i was traded i'm gonna turn my back and be a hater of the team i mean i they did a lot for me so i couldn't I couldn't turn my back on them. I mean, regardless of what happened, I will still be grateful for what they did for me in that part of my career. How did you find out for? How did you find out you were being traded? Um, I got a text the night before. I think we played that night. Um, I forget who we played. But um, after the game, I get a text like around eleven, and the text read to confirm that I get the text. I'm like, this is weird. I mean. I was actually out. It was me and a couple of other guys that were out after game, normal after game. And I was like, this is a weird text saying that I should report tomorrow morning. But I knew we had a day off that day because they announced it after the game that we had a day off. I was like, um, what did I do again? I mean, I don't think I've done anything bad. But it didn't cross my mind thinking that it was going to be a trade, to be honest. Did I need to do an appearance? Did I need to do something? So... But then I walk into the office the following morning, like at 8, Caleb was sitting. Actually, I, I think I walked with Caleb to the office because we were both uh, in the elevator going downstairs. And, um, you know, it was kind of like an awkward one, you know, normal say hi, hi. But I can see that there was something that was not right at the time. So walked in, Gavin was sitting there. Merit wasn't there, I think. No, he wasn't there. Mentsuero was there, the administrator guy. He was like, Gavin, start talking, you know, how you find whatever. I know this is not going to be an easy one. This might be the dif- most difficult decision I've made in my life so far when it comes to football, but it's something that has to be done. I was like, oh, that's straight. I knew it was a trade. I mean, then I'm like, please, please. I mean, I was like, I had two teams that I'm like, please don't send me to that. And Which when... teams? You... Come on, man. you gotta tell us. <laughs> yeah. So, bad. I mean, when that, I mean, he was saying stuff, but all I was playing just please don't send me to, you know, certain teams. And then here we go, boom. 
you we as you know we made a trade with um, this team. I was like, okay, wow. I mean, could you guys could have told me earlier? I mean, I could have been prepared for this. Like, we made the trade this morning. I was like, oh wow, okay. And with and yes. with MLS, they they don't you don't as a player you don't get to choose where you're traded to, do you? Like, if yes, they decide to the, trade you, you have to go. Yes, you. That's the part about MLS that I really don't like. I think you know players should have some kind of um say in I mean a little bit of say in where they would land or how they would want to be traded, not just pack your bag tomorrow morning. You are uh, actually not tomorrow morning before twelve o'clock. You are in a flight to Canada, so you know I'm like okay. I I mean I didn't know what to tell them. I was like well beside everything I just want to thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to jump into MLS with you guys, you know, take care of me in the early part of my career, like I said, and, um, you know, it was tough on all of them, and uh, Gavin will check on me every now and then, Caleb will still send me a text, you know, kind of like just knowing that it was part of this soccer business, and, you know, I take me a week or so to try and get my head wrapped around it while I was in Canada, and Portland came to play against uh, Montreal. Then seeing all my old friends, it was we were in um, the same hotel. I was staying in the same hotel that they were staying in. So I was, I mean, pretty much it was like just on a, a way to with Portland. It was, you know, that's when I really feel like, you know, that's how hard it was to be traded. I was like, you know, just losing all those guys that I've built so much of a relationship with, so much of a connection with. And did but, you get a chance uh, to? to talk to them when they came through Montreal. We saw that happen. Like it was in early June that you were sent to Montreal. And then yeah. it was in July. I think the Timbers came through uh, for the away game in Montreal. Yeah. So when I was in, when they came to Montreal, I was actually in the same place, still at the hotel at the time, because I wasn't just liking it. So I was just staying. I was like, oh, I'm just going to stay here for until the rest of the season. They were like, yeah, if you want to move, but the owner of the hotel is the owner of the team. So I guess it wasn't a big deal for the team. So I was in the same hotel with the uh, Portland team, and then I pretty much was doing normal stuff when we traveled as a team, what we would do, like hang out after dinner. Uh, there was a time that I actually went to one of their meal sessions and actually grabbed food and ate with them. I mean, it was just, I guess, it was just like uh, the coaches understand how deep it was between me and the players, so it wasn't such a big deal. It was pretty normal between me and all of them, so... Yeah, it was hard, but um, I took it in good faith. Have you been back to the park since the expansion? Um, no, not this. When they had um, that new one up, no, I haven't been there yet. I just saw it on TV, on games, and when it was built, I kind of followed it up on the Portland website. Yeah, it's pretty, Um, it's really nice. Yeah, I can see that. I wish it was like a bigger, bigger, they had a bigger venue that they can build a huge stadium to actually accommodate everybody in Portland that want to go to a game every game. Oh, yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, the stadium is very unique, though. So it's, yeah. it's a nice little chunk of, like, football history. Mm-hmm. That, I agree with you on that one. I mean, the area it is, I mean, it's, you know, the history behind it and, the, you know, it's just like a unique stadium. The location of it, I think it works out for both the team and the fans in you know, always fans get to the stadium easier. You can actually, I used to actually bike from my apartment to the stadium on game days because I know it was hard to 
get a parking on that was in USL days. So Portland get me into biking life. I bike <laughs> everywhere now. <laughs> it's the best. Yeah, no, it's healthy and best definitely. So do you keep in touch with um all your former teammates or some of them or I do keep in touch with um a lot of them. Majority of them I do keep in touch. Even um the USL guys not long ago, Joe Justin that was uh, one of the USL one of my good friends in USL, I still talk to him. I still um yeah, I do keep in touch with uh, a lot of my teammates, both USL and um MLS eras. Yeah. I still talk to most of them. Yeah, because when you're with them for so long every day, you, you sort of become friends. Yeah, it becomes like uh, the bond just gets, you know, I mean. Yeah. And uh, even when you play against them, I mean, away games, if they come away or we have been away, like different teams, you know, they still have that friendship. You hang out at the games. And with now with all the social media, it's like everything is pretty close. So, yeah. Footy, uh, this is my favorite question to ask defenders in general, which is, who was the hardest player you've ever had to defend against? Robbie Keane was one of the tricky guys to play against. <laughs> he That's... was pretty much all over the park. Like, you don't know what he's... I mean, he knew when to make his runs. He was, um, you know, one of the players that you hate to mark because he's never around where your designated area of marking him is. He's always finding himself in little pockets, picking up the ball in midfield. You can follow him there in between two defenders, defender and a midfielder. So it's always hard to, if he knows that this guy is about to mark him, then he, he will drift away. He was a, a handful of a striker, I would say for sure. And um, there was a guy, Alan Gordon. Is it Gordon? Yeah, Alan on. Gordon from San Jose. Yeah, man, that is a big fella. So <laughs> <laughs> he was hard to play that game. So, I mean, just not, you know, based on um, movement and stuff, but he used, I mean, he played to the team's tactic as for make it, uh, for to make defenders like uncomfortable. He will use his body. Like, he, you will fight. It's like a non stop fight. It's like defender against a defender for 90 minutes. So, he was another guy that was, you know, hard to play against. But I, I would say overall, I would, if I would say Henry, I mean, you can consider him as a forward sometimes if you want to be a forward. But I would say Robbie Keane might be the hardest guy to play against. I have heard that same answer before, so that does not surprise me. I am a, no. I'm a Spurs fan, uh, and so. Uh, oh, I shouldn't say Robbie Keane then. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, so one of the things that I thought that was really interesting about your career, uh, was your international caps and you have, a, you still have a strong connection to your homeland in the Gambia. So, uh, how amazing was it to score a goal, uh, last year in the qualifying for AFCON? <laughs> Yeah, I think that um that goal was a uh, we thought the reason why I mean people will see that why is he celebrating when it's a tie. We had a case filed against Togo at the time for filling an unqualified player. 
So we were hoping that CAF gave us all indication that they would give us the three points and they would take every game that Togo played and void it. So that would put us and Algeria first and second. If you could get a tie, that would put us in a good position. So we were playing to get a tie because CAF gave us all the indication that if we could tie or win that game, there's no chance we could be out of that um, qualification. Thinking that, I mean, of course, on the on paper, you would think that Algeria will give us the bid in the lifetime. So I guess that's what CAF was just hoping that, you know, they would not even get a tie. Let's just tell them they would, if they get a, you know, if they lose the game, we will tell them, you know, if you could have get a tie. But before the game, our administration, our coach was just following that case and it have every evidence and even some of the CAF members agreed that they, um, the points will be awarded to Gambia for both games that they played against us. And then the other games that Togo played against Algeria and Benin would have favored us because it was mostly draw. So we just needed a draw and, you know, we played to that part of, um, I think it was close to 90 minutes. Then we decided that we had a game plan perfectly. Most likely they would lead us coming through that time of the game. If we if it's 1-0, then we would just throw everything that we have forward. So we threw everything forward. Luckily, we had a goal, and you can see how we were celebrating like we actually won the game. Come to find out, two months later, Calf said mm, that would be a you know big, big loss on their side. I guess TV rights, if they have to, that means Algeria would have been because Benin end up beating Togo, inside Togo. If they would have take uh, Togo out of everything, that would put Benin as number one and Gambia would be number two. That would kick Algeria out. And I don't think CAF was thinking about that scenario at any time of the um, through when they were telling us that. So we came to find out two weeks. We actually did have a preseason camp before the tournament in Morocco. So we are here, and then CAF just told us, "Sorry, but um, we cannot make that decision right now. It's too close to the tournament, and Algerians are already in." I think it was in Egypt at the time, so they can't reverse the decision anymore. Our federation tried to take it to Switzerland for higher court, and then it, I guess it was too late. So we had to end our camp early and went home. But it was an amazing, I mean, it was a, we never had a tie in that, uh, in that stadium. So having a tie, I think, I guess at the end of the day, one point, a goal under my name was... <laughs> What's celebrated? That's that had to be so um, disappointing when you guys found that out. Yeah. So, but speaking of, that was about the forty-six minute or so that that goal happened. Um, yeah, it was towards the last because I know it was either eighty-six minute or eighty-eight minute. But the funny thing about that goal is when we were practice, we were practicing set pieces. I was like, oh, I'm gonna go. The coach was like, what? I was like. Watch, I'll score a goal on the 88 minute. He was like, oh, yeah, I would love that. So when I scored, he was like, you did call that 88 minute. So after that, every game that we play when we're in camp, I'll, he'll be like, what minute would you score this time? I was like, ah, I, I don't feel like scoring this game, so I'll wait for <laughs> Um. So speaking yeah. of memorable goals, um, can you tell us what you can remember about your header in the playoffs against Seattle 2013? With the cross, Danzo! Danzo scores! And the Portland Timbers are heading for a showdown with Real Salt Lake in the Western Conference Championship. They are dismantling their 
rivals, the Seattle Sounders here. Yeah, it's a, it's a, I know it was a free kick that we were uh, we were going towards the goal that's uh, by the Mark yeah. Club, away from yes. the Timbers Army. So it was a free kick. I think Rodney Wallace and um, I don't know. I think Diego Velari played to Rodney Wallace. Somebody played to Rodney Wallace like a quick free kick while we were start, still trying to put our men forward to try and set up for the free kick. So I guess they just realized that you know Seattle wasn't paying attention. They were still complaining about the free kick. Nobody's picking up. Or Rodney, he played a quick one to Rodney, and then I mean I was almost like I wasn't even close to the 18 when they were playing the ball to Rodney. So I realized that you know by there's a gap between the two defenders. If Rodney can drop the ball in there, there's a chance I could get there. I just sprinted in, and luckily the ball just came right in there. I was like, just make a contact with the ball. That's all you need. Make a contact when the ball is coming. I mean, ball hit my head. By the time I open my eyes again, I can hear the crowd just going off. I'm like, oh, I guess that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I run towards Rodney and then um, Pa came in and he was like, you know, of course, Pa with his all his ideas of making things. You know, it was a plan. I was planned. And if one of us scored, we would both run to... Uh, back to Donovan to celebrate with him because we spent so much time at the time together. Like it was just crazy the amount of time we used to spend together, me, Pa, and Donovan. Like pretty much, I would you know spend nights at Donovan's house because I feel like why leave at ten o'clock and then come back to pick you guys up then go training. So I'll just spend. I've seen the, the videos <laughs> in the grocery store shopping carts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our crazy videos, right? You would, who would think those uh, grown-up kids would, grown-up men would do that? I would say grown-up kids, those uh, kid, things that kids would do in a grocery shop. But it was fun. It, you know, it kind of like that. You know, move through. I uh, get us closer, and that it helps the team. And somehow, I would say because we bring that um um relationship into the locker room and you know everybody kind of like that along it you know kind of like brings the locker room together and i feel like it was a good year for portland that year too you can see it on the field as well so um you know we're, we're trying to research what you're doing and um you know we have to go by wikipedia for a lot of this and so it says your last club appearance was uh uitm in the malaysia premier league back in 2018 yeah but then you played for gambia yeah. in 2019 and 2020 has been crazy worldwide so it's kind of hard to know what's going on i know have you retired it's... or do you have plans to work in professional football what's going on with you right now um my idea retirement in my head would be play another two years including this 2020 now that 2020 it seems like it's not gonna happen well so far so i i don't know i guess once i start playing again i would see how i feel i mean i'm still feeling strong and still feeling great knock on wood i wouldn't have any injuries that would make me feel like that, that's it so yeah and then um play i played for malaysia i had a two and a half year contract with them but it's a, it's a tricky one when you are in that part of the world when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to soccer and um, how they run things. I feel like they just don't run by FIFA rules at any point. I mean, most teams are owned by individual or they are owned by the state, so it becomes a lot of politics that goes into it. 
So the first season that I was with them, that was 2018. When I left, I actually left uh, Carolina to go there. And then it was supposed to be a two and a half year deal. And then, um, so when, after the season over, they, I decided they're going to, you know, change the management. The coach, I said, he just had it with, he's been there forever. So he decided that he needs some changes done with, I guess, his way of spending and stuff like that because he feel like he have no authority over anything. Everything, he have to go to certain, uh, certain people. And I guess when it comes to selecting, he would have like to take um, advice from um, the higher higher management so he didn't like that then the guy that brought me there decided that okay that's it I'm done if you guys wouldn't let me do this I'm done so he's off the door now there's another guy that came in and came with like a full crew of coaching staff so he left a team that played half a season and folded because they were not paying their players and their staff, including the coach. So the entire team decided that if they don't pay them, they won't play. So they played, I think, out of 20, 28 games or 26 games, they played only half a season. So they didn't play the entire second half of the season. So the coach came from that team. I guess he feel like he owed to the players that he you know, brought to that team that he's going to take them along wherever he get a job. So he want to bring them. I was like, okay, I don't have a problem with it. I went pre-season with them. Everything was cool. And then um, they said they were going to have five foreigners. They used to be only four foreign players. So they added, they were going to add one more, but they, they went back and forth. They decided that that won't happen because they don't want to bring more foreigners. They want to you know, help develop their younger players so he already signed the other four from his other team with me would have been five but now that we didn't need to get rid of one he was like um i want to keep these players because these are the players that i've been working on for the past two years i was like okay i don't have a problem with that but i do have a contract with the team yeah then um it was i was there for a month i mean i would play friendlies until a week before the season start he was like, I'm not going to put you on the roster. I was like, okay, why? Then I talked to the uh, GM. He was like, yeah, I mean, we've been, this is something that's been going on between us and the coach. That's the first you know, issue that we have. He want to fill in his own players that he recruited, not what the old coach recruited. I guess he had a, something going on between him and the old, old coach. So I was like, okay, fine. I don't have a problem with that. If that's what you want to do, they're like, okay, we're going to send you. We can find a team to loan you out of. And then I was like, in my head, it's not going to be like the Portland case to a team that I would definitely not um, want to be in. You know, knowing Malaysia at the time, I've been there for over a year. So I was like, um, I would have to agree with the team that I'm going to go to or I'm not going to go. But I would still train because it was like, I feel like it was part of the obligation that I need to train or not to violate any laws. So I keep training and then um, I would train with them, but he wasn't putting me on the roster. I was like, we'll find an actor. Why not you guys pay me off and I'll leave? So I'm not coming to train every day. I'm laughing with the guys and the coach is hating that because I'm cool with the guys and he just don't like that. He's... He seems to have like problem with some of his players because he think that they are you know too cool too cool with me. So yeah. management, I will go back and forth to Gambia. It's kind of like being on holiday, like just train. They will travel for uh, away games three days on a time. They normally go two days before the game, so I'll be there like on my own or train with the young team. 
So that's why I was playing, still playing for Gambia at the time because <laughs> I, I was still part of the setup, uh, which I'm still part of the setup. But now that um, it's been over a year that I wouldn't actually play like a full organized official. I've been playing like games, but they are not like official games. It's like friendly matches. That if we have friendly matches, he would let me play that, but I couldn't play official games. So that's why I was in um, the Gambia setup that 2019. Uh, it's so impressive to be in the Gambia setup for uh, yeah. 2019 and playing AFCON qualifiers. And something just really quick, uh, just out of curiosity. So you had mentioned where when you had been traded with Portland and then talking about being, um, you know, with a contract in Malaysia, do you have an agent that represents you or do you represent yourself? When I was in MLS, I do have one, but uh, he did leave. Uh, he was at with WMG. Aaron Mace, he was in WMU, and then when he left, that was right in time when I was going to Malaysia, because he told me he would, uh, he's trying to go into a different business, and uh, he would put me up with somebody, but then I told him, I was like, there's a team in Malaysia, one of my friends playing in Malaysia, that offered, uh, that told me about this guy, well, how it works there is like, mostly, I won't say it's an agent, it's like, a guy will take you there, get his cut, and that's it, it's like, <laughs> okay, I'm bringing you here to get my cut out of the team, and then I'll disappear until halfway through the season. Because every six months, they tend to change foreign players every six months. Some said because the management gets money from it, because anytime they bring in a foreign player, they find a way. I don't know how they have a loophole of getting play money from that, but it's a very common thing to bring in a set of at least two new players every six months in Malaysia. So you'll see guys that will, I can take you to this team, then you'll say, okay, fine, I would go, and then he will take you to the team. Next, Some of the guys that took me to that team, I wouldn't actually see him until I've already signed in Malaysia. When I was actually in Malaysia, the first game that we played that came to say hi, I was like, oh, hey. He was like, you don't know me? I was like, no. He was like, Gibby. I was like, oh, finally you showed up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there it is you have like um, it's not like how you have it in MLS you have somebody that represents you throughout the season or throughout the duration of your contract over there it's more of like um, you know kind of like real estate kind of agent you have one find your house get their commission and see you when you want to sell the house that's crazy yeah so we also ended up, uh, we have a, a couple listeners that sent in uh, a couple of questions. Um, and one of them came from one of my friends. Hey, Portland Vanity Soccer Podcast. This is Casey Kozloff calling with two questions for footy. The one not serious one is, um, does he know uh, my family named our dog after him? Um, so we use his name daily in our household. And they actually named their dog Footy Dog So. <laughs> and I will send you a photo of Footy Dog So so you can uh, you can save it. But that's, again, favorite player. Um, loved your contributions to the team, especially that goal against Seattle in the playoffs. But uh, Casey's actual question was... Does he still have um, contact with Ricketts and Cox? Yes, uh, funny enough, I actually just talked to Pap um, this morning, and I Donovan. I talked to Donovan more than I talked to Pap. Not that I'm not close, but I've known Donovan longer than I've known Pap. But then um, 
I connected with Pa because Donovan is more of a relaxed and reserved guy. I mean, you would, you can see that it's like you have to get stuff out of him. I mean, but Pa is like <laughs> <laughs> the first day we met when Pa was coming into Portland, we were on a away trip. I, I don't know where, but Caleb called me. He was like, how would you like it if we have another gaming in the team? I was like, as far as he's not cooler than I am in the team, then I'm cool with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he laughed. He was like, ah, we'll see. I was like, who is this gamut? So I started thinking around the MLS. Who are the gamuts? I was thinking about around MLS. I was like, just tell me who it is. Because I think you guys would get along great. I was like, did you know me? He was like, yeah, I think you guys met a long time. Back into Gambia in 2005. When um that was the last year I played in Gambia with my uh, in my um with the league team in Gambia. So one of my friends, Pa brought a boot for that guy. So I knew him as Boyka Boyka. We call him Nice Boy, of course. Pa being <laughs> so it, everybody called him Nice Boy. So when he said car, it didn't click to me. Car, I was like, I don't know this car, but you know, I was like, I'll wait to see him. So yeah. when he came to Portland. We had a get together. I think it's either Will Johnson's house or Jack Dewsbury's house at the time. So we were sitting there. I think it's Will Johnson's house. So this guy came in. One of the team, you know, drivers dropped him off with his wife. As soon as he walked in, I guess he could tell that I'm the Gambian out of the group. He came straight to me in our language, like boy Nakam, like boy, how are you? From there, it's like. We know each other forever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even his wife was like, you guys know each other before? And then he said in our language, you see these people, they don't understand. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Even Will Johnson said that he was like, you guys know each other? I was like, it's the first time we met. He was like, no way. I was like, yep. You will see us laughing. Like, I mean, that's scamming. So when we have our own conversation, we get really loud. Like, we would laugh at loud. Like, people are just like, okay, they must be talking about something really funny. And it's not that funny. We just enjoy it. But, um, yeah, that's how I met Pa. But um, I was more of, I was hanging out with Donovan more. And I talk to Donovan more now than I talk to Pa, even though I talk to all of them regularly. It's funny that you called him nice boy, Ka, because... Um, uh... Yeah. <laughs> hey, I don't know why. That's a name that, I mean, somebody gave it to him. <laughs> Nat Walter's yeah. parents said that uh, Nat used to really one of his least favorite players was Ka because he was dirty on the set pieces. He'd had to watch your privates because he would be. Yeah. Uh, so and I'm not. I'm, That's true. That that is true. I mean, not only against team, but he would do that too. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm a victim of that in practice too. Sometimes he would do things like that. So that leads us to another uh, leader question from Gilmer, um, and you feel you don't have to answer this if you if you don't want to. But he asked, "Who was your least favorite teammate?" Uh, or anyone, I guess. You don't have to. I don't know if I can pick a guy that was least favorite because I. It's funny that you're actually thinking about answering this question for us. No, I mean <laughs> I. I don't know. I think everybody was really great. Like, we get a lot. I don't think I had a problem with any of my teammates in Portland. So, least favorite would be everybody, and my favorite would be everybody, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's a tough question. Uh, there's no way you could actually answer that. We laughed as we were getting some listener questions. Um, I mean, can I pick myself as my least favorite place? Yeah. You can't pick we, yourself. 
we've talked about COVID-19 a couple of times in the pandemic and uh, MLS teams have started to uh, have started limited individual practices this week. And how do you think the league is in general, like worldwide, or or is everyone handling COVID-19 appropriately? Because MLS is talking about starting potentially in June in Orlando. There's rumors everywhere. Like, what are your thoughts about COVID-19 and football? Yeah, I mean, based on what I've seen and what I've read so far, I think it would come down to, you know, the individual states. Like, you know, some states are saying we are not going to open, you know, public gathering and some of them are saying we are you know kind of like everybody's on different page on that so my only question would be why i mean if states that are not allowing the public gathering that means obviously fans can come into the stadium would some states allow fans and then would all the teams agree if if that's the case these states that have teams that uh, can't have fans would they just accept that they would play with their fans and let's say Portland accept that we can have fans we play against with fans on if everybody is going to agree to that or if players or the league would say that no we can do that we'll have until we have it all safe that we can have all our fans because this is a sport that you know it's much better when we have our fans part of it rather than just play it in an empty stadium all the time for the rest of the season or for the for however long this thing is going because it seems like nobody can predict what's going on at this moment so you know it's better you know we all risk having soccer coming back up or having sports but you know the safety of the fans the players and the individuals that are involved in it would be very very important so i would think you know i think the league would do what it takes and the teams would do what it takes to try and save their put their players in a safe situation and our players would actually also know when it's going to be safe to. I think as much as players want to go back, they are still, you know, would have it in the back of their mind that um, this thing is actually, you know, real and it can happen to anyone, you know, yeah. it doesn't leave anybody behind. So, you know, there's a lot to at stake, but um, I would think, you know, some leagues, I would feel like the pressure of, you know, TV rights and having to finish, you know, financial standpoint of the whole aspect. Some would, you know, say that let's finish the league, let's do it. You know, like in Italy, talking about let's play the last seven or eight games behind closed doors and then call it off, you know. Switzerland, you know, there are different leagues that are trying to go with that approach. We don't have to worry about that problem here in the United States because nobody watches soccer on television. Right? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you'll be surprised. I mean, people are actually switching to soccer now. I mean, you see it like every stadium you go to is packed. Everybody's buzzing about their team playing now. City's trying to get MLS now because they've seen how it's growing. So I would... I don't know, with this COVID, it's just take it by the day. I mean, I'm pretty much sure the league did the right thing, shutting down the league right away before most of the you know, major sports shut it down to you know, save their players as well. So I would just hope they do the right thing for both the players, fans, the workers, and um, stadium staff to be on the safe side as much as we want soccer to come back, but to, come, to let it come back in a safe zone or safe way. Yeah. So, Footy, we've asked you, obviously, a ton of questions. Uh, do you have any questions for us? And if you don't, that's totally okay. We just wanted to make sure we didn't pepper you the entire time without your ability to ask. 
That's fine. I mean, I don't think I do have. Uh, I mean, I was just. It, I would think all of you guys are diehard Timbers fans. No Seattle <laughs> fans here, so. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Then we are good. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything that you miss specifically about Portland besides the Timbers Army? Like, is there your favorite food place, or uh, what is it when you think of when you think about Portland and not soccer? What do you think of? Um. I, honestly, I would say Portland is one place that I've lived out of Gambia that I feel like I was more connected to in terms of not only I take soccer out of it. And at some point, people will tell me that um, I'm more of a fan than a player, which I realized later on that I was more of a fan of the team <laughs> than actually a player. I was lucky to be playing, but I do enjoy every moment of being in Portland. Like, I mean, the city, you know, like you said, the food, food trucks. Like, I miss going to, what's it, Squire, that have all the food oh, trucks that's again. That's not there anymore. In downtown. Oh, we have bad, bad news. Oh, God. Then I'm not coming back. <laughs> yeah, they're turning into a Ritz Carlton. Oh, then I'm not coming back. It's 30 story Ritz Carlton <laughs> yeah. or something. Oh, come on. It's so sad. I was just there yesterday. Sorry, Footy. You still have to come back, though. You don't have a choice. Yeah, I think I will. I mean, you, it's Portland. You will find, like, somebody park their food truck somewhere that have, like, the best food that you would ever <laughs> eat. Like, I'm not... Yeah, even the bad food is good. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> exactly. If you say somebody that don't know how to cook, everything you give him is, like, tastes delicious. So, I, I would say, you know, I connected with more of the fans, not just us. Um, I'm a player. You're a fan. I like you, how you play. You know, I connect with them, like, Beyond just being a player's fan relationship, I connect with the city as well. You know, the team gave me that chance to do a lot of community work. I mean, I was happy to do it because it's just me sitting there trying to tell them I'm not coming into the team. I was, you know, having a lot of time in my hand. I mean, I was doing some school work online, but um, I was doing, I was trying to do more of community work to try and integrate with the city because I feel like it's somewhere that I feel like I have a lot of things in common with the people that live in Portland, you know, like the nature stuff, I like hiking, I mean, which is weird, people keep saying, how do you end up like in Portland? I'm like, uh, yeah, I mean, I just have a lot of things in common that I feel like Portland has to offer, you know, biking everywhere, which was one of the biggest things that I like about Portland, I mean, just the, you know, the city, the people, how nice they are, welcoming, you know, they love you, they try to help you, everything is like, you know, down, to, everyone is down to earth. So um, I think that's one thing I like about Portland that I feel like at the end of the day, I will end up being back in Portland sooner or later, regardless of whatever happened in life. Before we let you go, is there anything you want to tell the people of Portland? I mean, are you sure you don't want to tell us which of those two teams you didn't want to get traded to? <laughs> well, <Yeah>. I mean, <laughs> I mean, one day, one day, I would say, one day, I mean, you never know, but uh, one day, I mean, I guess... People already figure out which teams it was, but um, still an active player. Yeah. I think maybe it would be too. It would be wise to you know say it because you never know right. what you who you run into. Or... No, I said if it wasn't for this pandemic, I think I would have been in Portland from uh, by now. That I think so. I have it in my plans to be in Portland, and um, it's um one of you know I guess I can say this. It's part of my even when I was traded, I did tell. When I was talking to Gavin and Mary, I told them that I was like, I don't know when I'm going to retire, but I would like to have my last game as being a timber. 
and have my 98 back. Whoever is using <laughs> it can give it to me for that game. So yeah, we're ready for you, man. Amazing. Yeah, so we need you. We'll see. Hopefully, that's um, that's in the pipeline soon. I mean, given that I'm actually aging now, that I'm not doing anything, it's make me feel like I've lived another two years just in two months. So we'll, I would see. I mean, we'll see. Hopefully soon, yeah. But I would definitely love to be in Portland again. Well, when you come back, we're definitely all going to have dinner, um, and you'll get to meet Simon. Yeah, uh, and whether you want to, to or not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can meet the dog. I mean, I get a lot of pets named after me. I just don't know why, but I guess the name just... Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Well, a friend of mine called me the other day from England telling me that uh, he had a dog. I'm like, okay. Why are you so excited about it? He was like, you want to get the name? I was like, just don't tell me it's your name. He was like, yeah, Hoodie Dog. I'm like, no, dude. Why? <laughs> Somebody name a cat. People name a cat after me as well. So, um... <laughs> so wait, you, we talked about England a couple of times. I'm sorry, I'm going to put in one more question. When you talked about wanting to go to England, what, like, who's your team? Who did you want to play for? Burnley. I was a big fan of Leeds at the time. Leeds? Leeds? Wow. Yes. Leeds United was a team that I really liked at the time. Before they got relegated and they keep, they keep going down the drain, I was like... They are heading uh, back. But I still follow some of their games. I still have like updates from Leeds. I mean, the Premier League, I'm a big German fan. I'm sorry if some of you guys are not, but I'm a big... Uh, German fan national team wise in Europe and then I follow their players everywhere they go and then when Michael Ballack used to be my favorite player Edgar Davis is my favorite player of all time <laughs> Michael Ballack um, and then he offered to fly me to the Euro finals in I think it was 2006 when they were in it in Germ was it in Germany or Austria yeah it was German. whatever that year was he offered because my ex-wife at the time was Anthony Hopkins assistant and he, we were oh. trading um, memorabilia for Chelsea jerseys because that's my team mm -hmm. and I loved him. So it was so great getting like having this connection with him. But I ended up not flying out for it. I had I couldn't get out of work. Well, do you do you still have yeah, contact with him? I'm out of contact, but I probably still have his um, assistant's email. Well, maybe you should email him and be like, I just need all of that from Michael Ballard. Like. This is how crazy yeah. Chelsea was playing in Seattle at one point, and Portland had a game. I was like, "Do I? Can I just leave after the game and drive to Seattle so I can meet him and you know just have him sign?" <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, "This game, I can play this game, finally, so I can go to Seattle." But then I keep thinking, "Oh, that's gonna be bad if I have what happened if I go to Seattle? Something yeah. happens there, and maybe find out." Before Michael Ballack was Edgar Davis, but I did have a jersey sent from Edgar that he sent me when I was in Portland in the USL days because we had a player, Mohammed from, I think he's from Holland at the time. I don't know if most of you guys can remember. I forget his last name. Forward. He's a forward, light-skinned guy from Holland, played for us half a season. He would hear me talk about Edgar Davis. Edgar Davis is like, you like Edgar? I was like, oh, you don't know. I'm a big Juventus fan, and Edgar Davis made me fall in love with Juventus. He was like, really? Then he pulled out his phone and just dialed. I mean, I guess, oh, Edgar, I'm like, do that on the 
I don't want to believe that this happened. Like, I'm just going to act like this is not true. So he was like, oh, seriously, it's my friend. I was like, okay, to prove me wrong, you about to go to Holland for a week. When you come in back, have him sign a jersey with my name and take a picture while he's signing it. So I, can <laughs> <laughs> I need to see proof. He was in Holland, I, Holland training with Ajax at the time. His jersey at the time when he was in Ajax was number eight, and then he find it number eight, sign it to my name and send it to me, and he take a picture. I mean, still now, I mean, it's one of the stars that I follow on Instagram. I don't follow a lot of people. Michael Balak, I still follow him because, I mean, I feel like I'm going to meet him one day. So if you can call his assistant and see if that would be able to yeah, materialize, that would be something. Yeah. So then that's why I start liking Chelsea because of Michael Balak. <laughs> hey, I- well, I'm not a fan anymore. I'm not a fan anymore. Michael Berg is not there. There's no German player in the team, so <laughs> I just like my German players. Uh, the German national team yeah. is something to watch. Yeah, so. but my favorite team is Juventus of all time, though. I cannot treat you know, the old ladies for anything. You know, are they? I I didn't watch them last season. I mean, this season. So I didn't watch any Serie A this season. Actually, we are not playing the best football. But um, I wouldn't say we are not playing. We are playing the Sari football, like he bring to Chelsea and destroy right. Chelsea and leave. Want to keep the ball and not score. Let's just pass to the goal. It's a mini goal. We cannot shoot. We have to dribble the ball in there. So, so we Juventus is still playing that type of game. But you know, obviously, if you have Ronaldo, you have to change a little bit of that tick tac when you get to the <laughs> towards the end because the guy yeah, needs you exactly. to feed him. But um, we are on top of the league before the league close, even though Lazio is in, on our neck. Hopefully, once the league resumes, Juventus can um, seal this thing and have a record to nine Serie A titles. Yeah, that's in insane. They are a powerhouse. Well, we need the Champions League again. Our, tro- our trophy room, the trophy room has been waiting to see that Champions League trophy yeah. for a long time now. Well, again, I mean, Furi, thank you so much for for joining us. We appreciate you taking the time. Um, when we post this, we'll we'll definitely send you a link if you want to listen. Uh, I'm not offended if you don't want to. Um, oh, you know what? I would be honest. There's a chance I might not listen to it if you send it to me directly. <laughs> I mean, I will give you the reason why. I hate watching myself play again or listening to yeah, myself exactly. on interviews no, again. I, I don't know why. When we have video games of our game and be like, you know, we, you know, preparing for the next game, we, when I see myself, I'm like, look at this awkward guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'll, okay, if you send it to me, I will try to listen and try to forward, fast forward every two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again, Footy, for joining us. Um, Amazing uh, that you took your your time to do this. um, Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Footy. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Kick me out. Thanks, man. Good luck to you. All right. I'm done. All right. Bye. I'm still, I still can't believe we got him to agree to be on our podcast. That was uh, great, and he seemed like a really fantastic guy. I know it was amazing. Yeah, it's um, you know we don't have the credibility as a podcast yet to specifically go out. You know, you know who does have the credit? Uh, never mind.
<laughs> Did you hear the Randy promote other podcast song yet? Every time I listen to Portland Man, all I do is plug other podcasts. They don't have any insight. They don't provide expert analysis. They just promote Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Oh my god. And it is when when Greg Donnelly sent that to me, I was like, this is the best rendition of this style of music I've heard since suicidal tendencies. And today is Greg Donnelly's birthday, and I would just like to say happy birthday to him and I hope he's having a great day. Happy birthday, Greg. Yeah. But yeah, for for Footy to join our podcast of crazy and silly uh and do an actual like hour and 10 minute long serious interview serious i don't know he was very steadfast he was not going to answer what teams he did not want to go to although i think i know the answer um you could have just said like chivas or whatever that would have been easy because yeah you could just make it up chivas and the tampa bay mutiny i do not want to go to either of those two teams and then his uh, non-answer of uh, Gilmer Gongora's question was also fantastic. Like, I'm you know, like, how is he going to answer that? Who's the shittiest dude in the locker room? I, 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 thought, that, I thought he gave a – it sounded like he gave an honest <laughs> answer, though. You know? I don't think he was making that up when he said that he didn't like – there wasn't anybody on the team that he didn't get along with. I could see that. He seems like a, a guy yeah, you can totally. get along with. And actually, Randy, you know what? You were uh, dead on right with a lot of your feedback. Uh, he got super passionate talking about like the North Carolina thing and he had never left the Gambia. He had said, or once before to play soccer and then got a scholarship. And I thought it was crazy about his dad saying like, you're not going to make money playing football. This is like a hobby. Uh, and then there he is playing in how many different countries across the world. Uh, we get to run into him. I hope he comes back in any capacity. That's right. If he comes back and he finishes his playing career as a Portland Timber, that will be absolutely phenomenal. I would take him over Claude Dielna any day of the week. There goes our Claude Dielna interview. (laughs) Sorry, Claude. Um, Yeah, fantastic. Can't believe he uh, was able to join and, again, give us all that time. That was a lot of time, and hopefully we can uh, keep lining these up. Yeah. Do you guys think that MLS is um, ruining itself with this Orlando thing? We got to talk about that. Yeah, we have to. We have to. Right. It's it's current news. It is super current news. Like I was as thinking of today, about current. This, what does it make any sense? I mean, like if the fans aren't going to be there, why play a game? Because it's ultimately there for the for the enjoyment of the fans. But I guess it's it's not really. It's ultimately money there. grab. Yeah, money. There's like nothing even about it that I want to watch. You're not even curious about it. Come on. Whoa, 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 guys! You guys aren't going to watch it. I would. I'm totally watching. Oh, I'm going to watch it, but I don't want to. There, there's no need to it. If you watched a game without anyone in the stands, it's yes. like extremely quiet and it's no. Well, okay. We know exactly what it's like. It's like the first 33 minutes last season when we did that, when we did the protest. <laughs> what if they do it's a, weird? What if they do a laugh track style, but it's fans <laughs> cheering? Oh no, my God. That would be no, amazing. You laugh, uh, in, um, in the athletic, <laughs> one of the leagues is actually, it's like, I don't know if it's Champion League or they were act that actually was put forward. They were gonna, they were thinking about actually laying over some fan noise, laugh track style, sitcom style. And I, I got to find oh, out. Man. Then, but I was like, no, you got to be kidding me. You need to because you don't need to hear the players just cussing all the time and being angry. Grunting and hocking. Yeah. Knees. 
Well, or if, or what they should do is just mic all the players and let's oh, have like, yeah. so much yeah. fun. That would be good. <laughs> that is like that is my dream come true. I would pay if a everyone lot of money was mic. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all the terrible things they say to each other. Well, so if they really do this MLS to Orlando, I mean, obviously we've been seeing the photos on the Timbers website and uh, and in the news where people are returning to training, everyone looks fun, having a good time, uh, and you know, wearing PPE where they need to and social distancing. And if they do this Orlando thing, I've been reading a lot of opinions from a lot of different people, fans, and you know, writers alike, and. I still think the idea of itself is kind of fun. Um, it, uh, it. I mean, the players don't want to play in bad scenarios, but they certainly want to play. And so if they can make it work for the players, that's great. I do feel bad for their families, but I'm sure that everyone from the player side is going to want a break from their families at some point soon before they kill, it, kill each other. Um, but... Uh, the things I was curious about in terms of if they put everyone in lockdown for six weeks or eight weeks and play all these tournaments, uh, what does that do to player safety? What does that do to player mental health in terms of being away from their families for two months, doing something like that? Uh, like logistically, how does that work? And Florida, which is well, just, they're going to be sure in sucks so bad. air conditioned Disney resorts, like the Tiki Lodge and all that stuff the whole time they're there, except when they're out in the field training. So it's probably going to be surreal for them. Um, I imagine they would rather play than not play. Um, I would rather, I'd rather watch um, empty stadiums than not watch any soccer this season at all. But yeah, as long as those guys can figure out a way to be safe and that's got to be, I don't know how they're going to do it to quarantine that many people because you have to quarantine not only everybody on the team, but the training staff. Yeah, it's like fifty plus people a team. Food service staff, the you know all that kind of support, and then yep. the housekeeping staff. So if you're going to do that, it's probably makes sense to do it in one location that's physically a lot of space, like Disneyland. It's um, also interesting that Disney owns ESPN, and ESPN is a broadcast partner. So I'm not sure what kind of conspiracy that is, or even if it is a conspiracy, but it's interesting. <laughs> I'm sure there is a conspiracy, but there's always uh, a conspiracy. Josh, tell us how it's <laughs> Kate Brown's fault. I actually, um, I like her new decision. What she decision made today, was that? So I'm proud of her. What's her new decision today? That, that she's going to start opening stuff up. Oh, for fuck's sake. Are you kidding me? No, Josh, is, you like that? Josh is, I do. None of this is based on, on what's good for anything. It's just based on you being able to get out of the house. Who's it good for? I'm not getting out. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not stupid. But let other people, if they're stupid, <laughs> let them get it. Let them get sick. Let them die. Well, to, it is what it is. Do you have to leave now to head to the Open the Coast protest? It was that same yearning for freedom. America. Oh, I'll fully oh, be there. man. I'm already here. I'm not going. I need to get uh, my. I need to go pick up my grenade launcher, and then I'll head over there. Oh yeah, we oh, didn't. Wait, that, oh, that's a different state. This is so weird for me, and this will be our COVID nineteen update, I guess. So we're back in Cannon Beach, and last weekend, uh, Cannon Beach closed starting on Saturday morning until Tuesday, as in yesterday, and because the weather was nice, and they didn't want a bunch of people coming to the coast, and 
I was like, yeah, that totally makes sense. That's a seaside has been closed since the fiasco when Randy and family showed up. To pick that <laughs> Randy and friends. <laughs> yeah. Randy and friend when Randy and friends ruined it for everybody. Um, it, it made sense. Uh, but the, so I, I saw the initial <laughs> Randy and friends, uh, Greg, if you're listening, that's a new song we're going to have to come up with. So we'll figure that out. Um, you guys. So, <laughs> what was weird is like so they closed cannon beach and i'm like yeah that totally makes sense like it's going to be in the 70s or you know low you know in the 80s um but then how is it that cannon beach is closed and seaside is closed yet clatsop county submitted an application to reopen the county on friday for businesses and like logistically speaking, I don't understand how it's safer to be in a business than it is to be on a beach. Um, in terms that, of that's been my whole problem with this because, like, let like shutting down fishing, you do that by yourself. Like, why that? What's that's a lot safer than going to the market. Like, I yeah. don't want. I only go to the market at like off times because I don't want to be around people there. So Josh, I just heard you say they should close businesses, right? <laughs> Did so, I close businesses? I don't. I don't think it's yeah. the shutting <laughs> down of fishing is the thing. It's not like they're mad. They don't want people actually fishing. It's just that the, the people that are going to gather in the name of fishing, you know what I mean? They're going to. Oh, what are you guys doing? Yeah. You know, oh, we're fishing. Yeah, but look how many people are go. But look how many people are going to like Freddy's or something. That's just, just it. to you, walk around. You need to go Dude. to a grocery store to buy food, and. You don't need to go fishing. Well, you do need to go fishing because why? Most of those people that fish take their catch and cook it sure, for their families that night. Oh Jesus Christ, man! They do. No, Josh, this is where you're going to lose me on this. The, like, yeah, I, 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 I don't disagree that you could go fish and cook it, and you know, for your family and eat it for dinner. But in a scenario where there are things that you have to do to survive and things that you don't have to do to survive, and fishing to cook and provide for your family is not something you have to do yeah we're not talking about commercial fishing well, we're not talking well, what about if you don't have fishing. money oh, i'm not talking Josh, about commercial either you can go it. to columbia you can catch anything <laughs> okay what have you never yeah. caught a fish and ate it yes we know you can do i that. have but like not during a pandemic to like I, all that fish covid going around yeah. <laughs> cats and dogs i i understand yeah y'all can't go to whole foods every stop saying y'all we all can't send the help we all can't send the help to whole foods every day yeah I, I, my executive administrator goes to whole foods for me and gets me my my food i i understand your argument but your that is boy? yeah my, <laughs> that is not a requirement to to survive and if you can find me five people that have to go fish tonight in Oregon to get food, uh, then I will give you $5,000 done that five people in Oregon that had to fish to provide food for their families, five grand done. Well, they're also probably at the point financially where they can't even have internet. So if you need to survive, so I won't be able like to get some, a hold of them. This is some so, Fox Fox News so level excuses. Give go me twenty. Give me twenty. Go on, Tommy Laren. Give me uh, twenty thousand, and then I'll go on a journey to find these people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am at, I am at the coast. They do not exist. They're all hanging I'm, out I'm, at Safeway eating food. I'm driving to you right after this 
right after this podcast ends. Don't give Josh 20,000. Give me $10,000 and I will go buy food for some of those people. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Josh, you're absolutely crazy. Uh, turn off the care. YouTube YouTube news videos. I'll just keep my mouth shut from now. I'm starting my own podcast, everyone. Oh, Footy just messaged me. He said first podcast, but he loved it. We love him, man. Oh, good. What a guy, so, man. It's awesome to like yeah. you, you you see somebody on TV in a limited capacity or whatever, and you're like, oh, that guy seems like he's awesome. And you get a chance to talk to him, and he is awesome. That's completely true. Well, well, I guess we can – we're already at 21 minutes of garbage. <laughs> um, so, Listen, uh, Soccer um, Touchdown just put out like a two-hour – episode so as long as we come in under them are we gonna fight them or what yeah absolutely have you seen zippy he's buff man you don't want to fight those I, guys i'll bring no. weapons yeah what is what does buff mean to you randy yeah sex, how buff sexy? how or buffer like, his balls when he's when they're yeah. about to get kicked all right man yeah, yeah. <laughs> can, can he fight is my question yeah. i don't uh, care well that's the other thing you guys don't know whose corner i'm in during this rumble yeah. well we oh. know randy, we know yeah we know it's not with me and Josh. So. <laughs> it's probably with more Sonic. Yeah. It's going to be like the random, like, uh, who's going to get the third guy, the old guy yeah. uh, in their corner to fight. Yeah. yeah, it's like wrestling, like with the, um, like in the cage matches, when like you tag someone and then oh, Randy switches and sides and then you. attack. Yeah, yeah, then he turns on us and attacks us. Uh, that's totally going to be Randy's oh, Randy. Um, well, anyway, uh, I am very much looking forward to hearing this hit the airwaves, but I am also looking forward to watching some Bundesliga this weekend. Um, so I think it'll be a good litmus test to see how successful MLS can be. But I mean, other than that, I am done talking to conspiracy theory, Josh and old man, negative Randy. So. Alrighty. <laughs> how would I, how do I get that? Uh, I mean, I'm going to go through point by point. It's Josh that's really more negative than I am. Yeah, I'm going to get. Like, yeah, I like that Randy became the negative one. Yeah, I'm going to get Greg Donnelly to write like an X Files like theme song for you, Josh. I'm all on board. I love that stuff. Oh, yeah, that's good. All righty. Did you guys see the? They pulled um, EPL teams about how they wanted to finish out the season and. And like 30 some percent said buy points and 30 some percent said cancel it. And then, then there was like 20% or 15% that was like points per game or some other mathematical. So mean like just end the season or just, yeah, no, I didn't see that at all. Yeah. It's pretty interesting that, that, that high of, uh, I think it was in the thirties, you know, of 30%, 30 plus percent of the teams wanted to just cancel it outright. It shouldn't, it said it shouldn't count for anything. Yeah, because no one wants Liverpool. Pretty easy to figure out which teams in the bottom. <laughs> yeah. I would love for Liverpool to not get it uh, again. Uh, Sarah Alexis Miller messaged me saying, we think it's going to happen. And she's a Liverpool fan. Um, she's like, so like hearty, har, har, har. And I was like, don't, don't talk shit just yet. Cause you might have to eat those words. Yeah, no, she, oh uh, yeah. She texted me and started talking shit and I just stopped responding because it's more fun that way. Where, Josh, where can they? Where can the people reach us? If you're trying to reach us, you can email us at portlandvanity at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 503-583-4235. We are available on Facebook at Portland Vanity and Twitter at PDX Vanity Soccer. 
and we can you can also find us and subscribe because it matters on soundcloud spotify apple and google play and our outro music is provided by a little guy named mark capini and the song is called i believe in miracles and the miracle i want is for footy to come back and play his final game with the timber Ooh, i'm totally in bye He was, yeah, Simon was so robotic. It was great. Yeah, Footy, well. you are a professional <laughs> soccer player. <laughs> it sound, he, I, at first, I thought it was pre-recorded. Look at this awkward guy. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he was like ner- a little bit nervous. I totally get it, man. I can't even imagine. Um, it's also he didn't want to do it. I made him do it. <laughs> Simon, you get your ass on this podcast and you validate my story about you from years ago <laughs> that um, I've told like eight times. <laughs> yeah, you, I, you validate this made-up story. Yeah, 
I felt so it's bad because when he started up. talking about the 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 Portland trade and how emotional that was for him, and he didn't know, and yeah, um, so I'll never remind me never to ask a former player how they found out they were getting traded. Always do it, Randy. That was great. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it was so depressing. Yeah. It, was, it was like, oh man. Yeah, I was like, Oops. I'm not a I'm not a cutter, but I might be right now. A cutter? Oh, you mean for cutting? <laughs> like suicidal? Uh, oh, <laughs> I'm like, geez, footy. That that was depressing. But that was um, just saying to Josh, like that was awesome. Yeah, it was great. Randy, I, tell us why it wasn't good. Why what wasn't good? The interview with Footy. Did you know Randy hates fun? Randy, you emanate joy, rainbows. Like I feel like no negativity or <laughs> or second guessing or any type of critical, you know, anything. It's just I like, always get along with Randy. Yeah, I when I I get rainbows and sunshine every time I read Randy's comments rainbows correcting my and lollipops. And yeah, anytime he corrects me or anything I say, where he's like, have you considered this, this, or this instead of what you actually wrote? I'm like, you know what, Randy? No, I haven't. Uh, hey, I'm happy to do uh, that for you. Oh, you mean the one that I made that I still don't have one of? Well, you're supposed to donate money, not your worthless time. Oh, money? <laughs> My worthless time. I don't even have a comeback. <laughs> You're like that's totally true. That's they exactly right. Them any it money. was completely rude, but it was completely on point. So I have to tip my hat to you. So yeah, where's just... all the pens and stuff? That, They're the here. PSVP stuff. Why don't I have any of that stuff? Just because I complain about it doesn't mean I don't want it. Because you're um you, you and your family are high risk, and we don't want to get you sick. So yeah, we try not COVID, to. COVID totally real, bro. Right. Um, <laughs> COVID's uh, real, bro. Yeah, I will. Um, uh, my intention was to mail out all the pins from Cannon Beach, but uh, I have not gotten around to it yet because it's so hard. Like, do you guys know how long it takes? <laughs> Pissing. What's that? Oh, no, it's Brianna in the. Uh, it was going through it's the. It's me, it's me pissing. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> going in the outtakes that's going in the outtakes uh but yeah guys i mean i can't believe that worked out what i hope this does is give us a little bit of credibility uh to be able to reach out to other players um let's go straight to gavin and see um if we can get him like gavin wilkinson richard huckabee sanders thinks you're a bitch um um, (laughs) tell us why you sat in the room and traded footy donso why, Gavin? <laughs> Why, Gavin? Son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. Yep. Goddamn. Okay. I put our song for this week in Ooh. the folder so we can. It's a good song that goes with the episode. Where? What is it? Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. You just you picked the episode last time. What's the song? I don't care. It's I Believe in Miracles by Mark oh, Capani. Fuck you. Are you kidding me? No, it's great. <laughs> You don't like that song? I, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking if I can believe I can fly. I believe I can fly. <laughs> My next song is going to be Spice Girls. Tell me what you want. Yep. Gentlemen, I will also say that the going back and forth in real time in the Google document was very helpful. Other than Randy's uh, keyboard? 
Yeah, other than the, <laughs> the pitter patter of Rindy's fingers on plastic keys. If I if I was zoned out, all I heard was like, and then I was able to. Um, I'm like, oh, someone's typing. <laughs> uh, factual statement. Yuck! 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 <laughs> I would be honest, there's a chance I might not listen to it. Oh, come on.